You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. everyone. This is Sister Lavina Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of Sacred Heart, Coordinator of Religious Vocations Ministries in the Office for Religious of the Archdiocese of Chicago, and I serve also as a coordinator of CAVA. This show is called Dare to Love. Dare to Love is a program that cultivates vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago through discussion of topics related to vocation discernment, promotion, and charism of communities who have members of consecrated men and women, and also various topics that relate to our church and our world today. And we have two special guests. Uh, we actually have Sister Maria Simperman back. Uh, she was our guest uh, from last month. And now we also, she also invited uh, someone who's very special. I've been wanting to have her be our guest, Sister Anita Baird. Good morning, Sister Maria and Sister Anita. Good morning, Sister Lavina. Good morning. Great to be here with you all. And just for uh, people who are just listening and were able, to, were not able to hear um, what Sister Maria Simperman had to say, just to let you know that Sister Maria is a Religious Society of the Sacred Heart uh, sister, RSCJ. Um, and she is a faculty member at the Catholic Theological Union, CTU in Chicago, Hyde Park, and a founding director of the Center for the Study of Consecrated Life at CTU. And um, so last month, I was so curious about the program that you had in November. And so now, um, between you and Sister Anita, um, you will be able to talk about um, your I guess, from the November um, program that you had. And then, hopefully, towards the end of the show, you would tell us a little bit more about what the two of you are cooking at for March. So let's let's go with you first, uh, Sister Maria. And um, perhaps, um, just really quickly, um, you know, like, can you just um, share with us uh, a little bit about, um, you know, some of the things that you do at CTU and then also about your community? Sure. Thank you. And it's just a gift to be back uh, and to be with Sister Lavina and now Sister Anita and uh, to connect on uh, Catholic Chicago Radio. This is such a gift. Uh, as you said, I teach at Catholic Theological Union, and uh, it's such a delight to be there. I, all of you listening are most welcome to come and take a course or uh come to the lectures, things like that. We're doing it all online this year. But I teach in the areas of Catholic social teaching 
and also moral theology. And I also uh, teach a course every year on religious life, so the vowed life. And so that, you know, is, is delightful. We have students from 40 countries, so you're really getting so many different perspectives to engage. And then I also, as you said, uh, work with our Center for the Study of Consecrated Life, where we try to take on the what are the contemporary issues and calls for religious life today, both locally, initially, but also internationally? Great. And uh, Sister Anita Baird is not new to the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I, I'm i pretty much even after six years working uh, here at Quigley, I, I'm still pretty new. And I think when, um, when you um, left your position, um, I I guess like six years ago before even Cardinal Supich came in, because that was around the time that I joined the Arch, um, you were on your way out. But you have been here, and they know you, and they love you, and they miss you. So, Sister Anita, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, you know, uh, your, I guess, for people who might recognize you, um, what you were here, um, you had an important position in the Archdiocese, and also about your community. Thank you. Um, yes, I left. I can't believe that it. it's been six years ago. Um, but from um, 2000 uh, through 2014, I directed the Office for Racial Justice, uh, which um, I was working for Cardinal George at the time. And um, Chicago has always had um, um, issues and, and problems around race relations, but it came to a head um, around 1997, um, and it involved the beating of a young black boy on the South Side. And the three young men uh, went to Catholic high school, and so it really shook us. And out of that, there came a determination that the Archdiocese really wanted to make a commitment to this, um, to addressing the sin of racism and uh, throughout all of our um, institutions within the Archdiocese. So I was very uh, pleased and proud to be the founding director, and uh, we did a lot of good work, particularly with our schools and parishes around anti-racism initiatives. At present, as you said, I left uh, in 2014. I was serving as provincial, um, United States provincial, for the Daughters of the Heart of Mary, um, and then that term ended in 2017. So since then, I've been doing um, a lot of work with religious congregations as they look at anti-racism and how uh, their institutions are addressing the sin of racism. I also do retreats and days of recollection. Um, I preach revivals and I do uh, some writing. So that's pretty much what I'm doing now. Okay, so it would be, and you know, when when you uh, shift from one position to another, um, you really are very active in so many other ways, not just in this community, but really nationally. Because um, uh, being president, I probably it it uh, bears repeating, being past president um, as of you know twenty seventeen. 
of um, the National Black Sisters Conference. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Black Sisters Conference? Because I think, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the, um, the leaders of, um, of, of religious women, uh, women LCWR uh, conference, but um, the, I'm, I'm really just learning more about the National Black Sisters Conference and uh, also the activities and the role that this organization um, has been doing in um, combating racism and educating others. Uh, yes, the National Black Sisters Conference was founded in 1968. So we are entering into our 53rd year. Uh, it came about um, a sister of mercy, a very young sister of mercy. Uh, at the time, her name was uh, Sister um, Marie um, uh, de Porres, and um, or I should say Martin de Porres, uh, Gray. And she heard that the men were gathering, black uh, Catholic priests and brothers, and she asked her superior, she just made vows maybe two years, and she asked if she could attend the meeting. And she ended up being the only woman there. And she wanted to join them. And they said, no, you need to go work with the women. So she took that challenge and, uh, with the permission of her congregation, traveled around the country identifying where black women religious were at. And in those days, if you were uh, a woman of color in a religious congregation, you tended to be maybe one or two, uh, but primarily you were by yourself and you weren't even aware that there were others. Um, and so in many ways, you felt kind of alone. And mm -hmm. so she opened an opportunity to bring us together, uh, to celebrate who we were, uh, what we were called to be as uh, prophetic women, uh, vowed uh, as, as in the church. Uh, and also serving our people. And so we gather um, uh, every year, and primarily uh, the mission is to support one another, but to be a voice around issues of justice and to work particularly with uh, black women, uh, helping to empower them uh, and their families and communities. So that was our original um, reason for coming into existence. And like I said, we continue to do that work 53 years later. And that is so much needed. Mm -hmm. And um, it's uh, information for uh, for people right now, and, and for me, um, that's very important. In 2013, Sister Anita was awarded an honorary Doctor of Ministry or DMIN degree from CTU, from the Catholic Theological mm -hmm. Union. And this is to recognize um, Sister Anita's outstanding contributions in the work for racial justice in the church, and in particular in the city of Chicago, as you mentioned um, uh you know, just just now. Also, um, what I'm learning is that, of course, with CTU being committed to um, not just education, but really um, this this uh, work on um, on a communion as part of. Um, you know, it it's really starts with the education, which is so important. And so now. Um, uh, this dynamic duo that I have in the show right now, um, I want to ask about what what's happening in November. And I missed the, the two that you had a series of three uh, workshops and you actually had to expand your uh, your Zoom account to um, have like a thousand people. Right. Because usually the basic is 100 people. And but then so many people were um, registering. Can you tell me more about what was ha what happened in November? Because then it relates so much to 
um, the what's going on in, in March. And we have a couple minutes and we'll take a break and then we will concentrate on both the November and then um, the uh, March uh, events that you will be going through. I don't know if, uh, Maria, if you want to uh, go first. Sorry? Sure, sure. Um, and it, it's just a delight to be here with Sister Anita. And I think it says something, too, about her openness to just being with all of us in helping us learn, but also in collaborating. It was actually uh, last spring, you know, as uh, on March 25th, uh, we watched George Floyd die, um, eight minutes, 46 seconds. And, and just again and again and again, like these were just uh, a compounding of um, injustices and uh, and we're also in the middle of uh, the COVID pandemic, and many of us uh, had to minister from home. So there was a lot in me, uh, you know, and, and many others that just started going, well, where are we in this? What, it's such a clear call that this is one of our original sins in this nation. And what what is our call? And uh I ended up starting to look and say, well, where's religious life in this? And what would it be like if we found a way to come together and respond? Because individual congregations, you could probably find on, on most people's websites, you know, speaking out against these uh, criminal acts and, and just saying, you know, we have to stop this once again, once again. But what could be the call of religious life? But of course, you know, you look at this and go, what can I do? And it, you know, as Christians, we're not I, we're we. And so the call was to bring, uh, you know, our voices together. And I ended up reaching out to different people. And one of the profound conversations I had was with Sister Anita Baird in August and saying, what do you think? How might we, what are some ideas? And she's the one that connected us all to the um, Black Catholic Sisters Conference and to start, uh, it was a whole community, a committee that's really a community uh, that started a conversation about what might we create together. That's so wonderful. It's so perfect, you know, Um, and that's why I think in in Chicago, we are so blessed to have both of you, um, CTU and also with Sister Anita. After the short break, we will continue this conversation, um, what happened in November and also um, your plans for a March event. Don't go away. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. 
A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all. This is Sister Lavina. We're back there to love, and my guest, Sister Maria Simperman, RSCJ, and Sister Anita Baird, and Sister Anita, um, daughters of the Heart of Mary, who was very uh, active in the Archdiocese. Well, actually, still is active in the Archdiocese, mm-hmm. and both Sister Maria and Sister Anita are collaborating together um, and have collaborated. Uh, for the November event at CTU, and now um, are also collaborating for a March event. So, um, Sister Anita, um, when you had this conversation with Sister Maria um, and uh, put out this event, uh, what did you envision that you, um, I mean, usually it would be like one event that would be offered, but you split it into three. So, it means that you really had a lot of content and a lot of things to share. So can you tell us more about that? Uh, yes. You know, um, I was thinking as Sister Maria was uh, talking, uh, it really was a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, she's right. We came together, and uh, we, we both were excited. I know I was excited at this um, uh, suggestion that she had and how much we could reach out uh, to other religious, and broaden the conversation, particularly around uh, race relations, and also looking at our congregations and the women of color who are in them, the men of color in religious congregations, and uh, listening more to their stories and uh, walking together on this journey to transform um, our communities. And thereby doing that, we transform our uh, church. So in the conversation with um, uh, the president of the Black Sisters Conference and several other board members and myself, uh, Sister Maria, we got together. And as we talked, I don't think we envisioned three sessions at the very beginning, 
But as we continued the conversation, we realized that there was uh, so much that we really needed to explore and open up. And so we ended up with um, uh, three different sessions, three uh, weeks in a row. And as you said, um, people were so interested. That really surprised me, the number of uh, people that wanted to participate in this. And so we, um, we first wanted to talk about sharing our stories. Uh, the journey of um, men and women of color uh, in our congregation. So the journey of people entering particularly uh, predominantly Eurocentric congregations, their experience uh, in religious life, in our society, and in church. And then uh, the second session, we wanted to uh, look back. There is a African saying, Sankofa, uh, which means looking back in order to move forward. So you've got to acknowledge your history and uh, own that. And if that requires uh, repentance, you need to do that in order for us to be able to look forward. And so in this uh, second session, we wanted to acknowledge the histories of enslaved persons by religious congregations. Uh, as many people uh, know, the Jesuits at Georgetown uh, University in Washington have been working very diligently in owning and acknowledging that they own slaves and, in fact, sold families uh, south in order to raise money to save Georgetown University. You had uh, three religious congregations of women uh, in Kentucky that 10, 15 years ago came together and um, acknowledged their owning of slaves and um, have been working ever since then to um, correct that injustice and to uh, be communities that are welcoming and working for racial justice. Uh, and then our third session was how do we intentionally transform our congregation uh, to be more welcoming uh, so that when men and women of color feel called to a congregation, how do we welcome them? What are they entering? How do we acknowledge the gifts that they bring? And it's not so much uh, them becoming like the dominant culture, but in fact opening it up and allowing them to bring uh, their culture and the richness of their experiences, and it becomes a mosaic so that everyone has an equal place at the table. So those were the three sessions that we did, and it went so well, and there was a real desire for us to move forward, and uh, hence we're looking at March. That's wonderful. Thank you, Sister Anita. So, um, Sister Maria, you are uh, also really, uh, I know you talked more about this uh, from from last month's interview, but at the same time, so... Um, you know, apparently, uh, I know for me, I, I was so sorry to miss uh, two sessions of uh, of the one that you had in November. But um, I know and I know that you're still cooking up some stuff for March. But is there any insight as to what we, w- we might be able to expect for March? Or, you know, what, what else are you developing um, with in this collaboration, I guess? Right. No. And um, the thing, just to go back to November in order to go forward... What really amazed us was um, we thought maybe initially, you know, if we got 300 people, that'd be great. And it became so clear within 48 hours, we had 500 people registered. And so that is when, as you said, 
uh, Slovenia, we, we needed to up the ante and get to 1,000. Um, my own can, uh, really connection to this as well was personal because the second session was not only the Jesuits and, and the three congregations of women who, well before the Jesuits and most other groups had moved forth on it, is uh, my own congregation, uh, the Religious of the Sacred Heart, have been spending the last five, six years uh, doing research into our own history of uh, having persons who were enslaved. And so it's shifted how we do education in our schools. It's made us look at this. One of the, in that second session, one of our sisters who does a lot of um, work in this area uh, spoke, but we also invited one of the women who is a descendant of uh, enslaved persons. And so for us, too, it's this whole conversion experience of what does that mean and what does that call me to? And and I think with all of us, because I think a number, I, I think most people have benefited from, uh, and that's it's not a positive thing, but have benefited from the work of enslaved persons. And we need to both acknowledge that and say, what's the conversion to this? And, you know, and as someone who's white, um, you know, and even that colors are race, are socially constructed, um, needing to say we have a lot of work to do and we can only do it together. So those three sessions, I think, had over 2,000 people registered at the end of it because I think everyone was realizing this need to shift. Mm -hmm. that something is calling us. And that's why uh, leaders said we're going to use this in our congregations. Uh, so many people came on, new members, people who are interested. In, and you can find all this. I'll just stop with that. You can find all of this. It's available at our, on our website at learnatctu.edu. So it's never too late to, to listen in on it. And we had you know, almost 20 people involved in the different sessions. So, uh, okay, and let me just repeat that. So um, if people are interested in going back and being able to watch that, and that would also be my homework, is learn at ctu.edu. Learn, L-E-A-R-N, at ctu.edu. Thank you, Sister Maria. Now, um, oh my goodness, we're almost at the end of our show. Can you believe that? But we can we can tell you the three dates. Yes, March please. In March. Yes. Yeah. So, and it'll be online again. It'll be uh, again on Monday. So it'll be March 8th, March 15th and March 22nd. So March 8, 15, and 22nd. And again, um, the information would be from learnatctu.edu or? Yeah, well, okay. there will be something on our website okay. that will be coming up uh, somewhere in mid-March. Great. Wonderful. So um, one thing, actually, um, that I would like to and, you know, this is something that I, I know I promised, like, no, no uh, surprise questions. But um, like <laughs> Sister Anita, if you have a very short um, kind of like a encouraging thing and a blessing for uh, women of color out there that might be hesitating about joining religious life and also um, followed by with your blessing perhaps a closing prayer for us and for everyone to bless us 
Um, there, I, and I'm sorry, Sister Lavina, you said in terms of women of color, what did you so, uh, Sort of like an encouraging, like what would you like to say to them, um, to us, to encourage um, those oh, might, do, might, might be hesitating? Sure. Um, you know, uh, the call to religious life is pure gift. And I would encourage anyone, um, and particularly men and women of color, uh, to listen with your heart, to listen to the call, and then to seek um, perhaps to call the office for um, a religious, speak to Sister Lavina. If you have no idea of how to proceed, uh, you can go online and look at religious congregations. But don't be afraid uh, to follow the call. And I would say to congregations that um, it's important to be open and to receive people with the gifts they come with and know that that will only enrich your congregations. The more diverse, the more enriched congregations will be. Thank you. Thank you both so much. And uh, Sister Maria, it's it's always a pleasure. And Sister Anita, I can't wait until the next time I have you two again and see what happens in, um, you know, for the, for the March events. And now, Sister Anita, if you could um, help us close the show with a prayer. Certainly. Uh, the prayer is really based on the Magnificat okay. uh, and Mary's Song of Praise. And so uh, we pray this day. My soul leaps in joy and gladness because of you, my Lord. For in your greatness, you stoop deep down within me and bless my heart. You loose my desires of righteousness and shouted and called me to follow you in the path of love. You filled me with your goodness and taught me no longer to fear. You are mighty and glorious is your name. My being leaps in joy and gladness because of you, my Lord. And my spirit dances to your love song. For you have found me worthy, worthy, and made it in me your home. Amen. Amen. Amen.